Welcome to Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. This is a Retail Visionary podcast series about visionary ideas and people. My name is Oliver Chen. I'm Cowan's new platforms, retail, and luxury analyst. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Jeff Jeanette, the chairman and CEO of Macy's and the NRF Foundation chairman. Jeff, thanks for being here. What are the key ways the team has reinvented Macy's for the modern shopper? Hey, Oliver. Uh, It's great to be with you. So uh, really four ways. So the first one is really being a omnichannel retailer in all its fullness. And uh, with Macy's and Bloomingdale's doing that from off price to luxury. So making sure that all customer touch points are covered and it's a frictionless journey for them. Uh, Second way is really through expanded categories. And that really is to to really serve a much more diverse younger customer and and their lifestyle needs and all, all of that. Uh, and we do that through our, our kind of the nexus of, of style and fashion, as well as through special occasion. Uh, the third way is really just by continuing to accelerate our digital chops. And, you know, as you know, we're moving to about 40% of our business being uh, starting on or really on the digital platforms. We're moving towards a $10 billion digital business. And we're doing that through really a hyper focus on our function, as well as the experience of all of our digital touch points. Uh, growth for us in the future will be, we just made the announcement that we're going to be expanding into a marketplace. So we're ready for that. And that'll be on top of the $10 billion marker that we've already set. And then the fourth way is really this omni ecosystem that we've been talking about and really starting to expand this small door format that's off mall uh, that we've been experimenting with very successfully on both the Bloomingdale's and the Macy's brands. Jeff, the business has seen a sizable increase in new customer signups, particularly with younger and more diverse shoppers. How is Macy's driving the growth within this customer group and how is the customer invested in the brand relevance? Yeah, so Oliver, we're we're definitely focused on this under 40 customer. And I think when you look at our customers, our under 40 customer is much more diverse than the national average. We're about 60% more diverse than the national being at 50%. They're heavily influenced by digital. Uh, We've been very focused on product relevancy and curation, new brands that we've added, private brands that we've added, uh, really focused on the discovery and experience across all channels, uh, really propping up um, our off-price business. And through that, we've been able to, as as you heard from us in the third quarter, we were able to get about four and a half million new customers into the brand which was a, almost a 30% pickup from where we were in 2019. Uh, a chunk of those came in through digital, about 40%. Uh, and we did that through our app update. We added live stream shopping. We added a contemporary sitelet. We added a sustainability sitelet. About half of those new customers joined our loyalty program. Um, one of the things that we're really focused on is this millennial parent. And you know that's a good uh, way for them to come into our brand. And so you see that through our Toys R Us uh, initiative and really recognizing that we can be, we believe that the toy experience at Macy's on a national level can be the best experience in the future. And uh, you'll see that as we roll out all the Toys R Us shops in the uh, holiday of 22. The other thing that we've done with like uh, fanatics and just new content that we put in. 
And the last thing I'd say on this younger customer has been really payment options. As you know, we joined, uh, you know, we, we collaborated with Klarna for almost a year now. Uh, and we just added PayPal and Venmo, just new payment options uh, for these younger customers. So uh, we have a lot in play to make sure that we continue to attract a younger customer. Thanks, Jeff. The scale and the size and the agility of Macy's digital business is also exciting. What are the key opportunities here? What does next generation Omni mean to you? Yeah, just to back up, just to look at the Omni facts at, at Macy's Inc. Um, today, about six different touch points go into a purchase between digital uh, in-store um, and, you know, so customers, they shop both, they don't think of us by channel, they think of us as a brand and they shop both channels. That's our competitive advantage versus digitally native brands. And what you see on digital is that wherever we, wherever we have stores, our digital business is three times higher in penetration in those markets. The omnichannel customer, they shop frequently, three times more than another customer. They shop more categories, they spend more, they're more profitable. And, uh, and about 85% of these omnichannel customers participate in our loyalty program. So all good there. When you look at digital, and the thing that we're hyper-focused on on digital is, as mentioned, kind of what we're doing, what's the functional experience for the customer? Just take all the friction out, make sure that there's enough of an experience there for them to come back. And then the metric that we most look at is really what our conversion is. So as you heard from us in the third quarter, our conversion in digital was up um, about 27% for two years ago. And we did that by just this foundational work we're doing with Google Cloud, with Klarna, you know, with the Omni experience that we're pushing through curbside and same day delivery. And then on the experience side, we just did a, a, a total refresh of our app. Uh, we're really focusing on, on curated digital experiences. And, you know, just go to like our contemporary site, let go to our gift finder. Uh, we're just starting with Macy's Live and Live Shopping. So all that is in play. I think as I look forward, the two biggest digital growth factors are gonna be number one is gonna be marketplace. And, uh, and we, we're adding that, that'll be launched in the back half of 22. And it really is just gonna enable Macy's and Bloomingdale's customers to connect with curated sellers. And it's scalable, there's almost zero incremental cost. We're partnering with Miracle to do that. And something that's uh, you know, uh, very near and dear to your heart, uh, uh, on, on this Oliver is really what we're doing with personalization. Personalization is what connects all of it. And we're in the early innings of that. So when you think about our assortment online, be it owned, you know, vendor direct or through marketplace, personalization is going to give us the opportunity to have the most relevant offers for each of our customers. And we'll leverage analytics and insights to do that. Uh, and, and that by targeting our personalization and pricing science, we're able to do so many things. And one of them is just to reduce the number of promotions that we do broadly and really have much more relevant content for an individual customer. So that's on the horizon for us. That's an interesting topic, Jeff, with personalization. How can Macy's achieve that? Uh, what's on the roadmap ahead? And what do you think consumers will really want or value here with respect to personalization? I think the big thing that they are going to value is that do, does this does this message that's coming across my email or that is on my you know as I go into the site or I go into the app, is it do they you know do they, do they specifically know me, and you know is the content relevant for me? 
and making sure that we use all the millions of bits of data that we have to kind of personalize those offerings, be it content or be it price or be it service or be it value. Those are all the things that, that are at our disposal uh, with a customer in mind. And we, we now have about 70% of Macy's and Bloomingdale's business uh, is with known customers as part of our loyalty program. And it just gives us huge opportunities to accelerate everything that we're doing with art and science to make sure that those offerings are relevant to those customers. Jeff, what about that? What about this magic and logic uh, theme and maintaining the magic of Macy's and merchandising that's fashion uh, forward as well at the same time uh, of managing inventories very smartly? Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that uh, that we learned during the pandemic was, you know, just reducing the amount of inventory that we're carrying, bringing it in, you know, put supply chain, you know, aside for a moment, but bringing inventory much closer into need, uh, making sure that your supply chain is is ready to to handle what those customer indications are. We use the full country landscape to identify where trends are happening, you know, what's going to be popular, what price points are happening. And we do that in certain parts of the country to inform next season's, you know, needs and content and bringing that in closer to, you know, using lag as, as, a, as a real discipline with our merchant population, making sure that our book stock is lower than it's been in, you know, many, many years and bringing in content that is just right for that customer that, at those moments is a way that we're going to be driving, uh, you know, more relevancy, more curated assortment, less clutter, and obviously better profitability. So, um, you know, using pricing science and keeping our inventories down and much fresher to, to customer need is, is a key component that we learned through the pandemic that will carry with us. Supply chain has been an interesting challenge for everybody. You really proactively faced it. What are some major changes and permanent changes that you've made uh, to supply chain as, as we look forward uh, and also dealing with this tougher environment. Yeah, so, you know, it's just kind of going through the, the kind of steps of supply chain, certainly from a sourcing perspective, having less reliance on certain countries, uh, spreading the, the opportunities across, you know, duty-free countries, uh, really working on all of our brands, looking at common fabrics, uh, looking at making sure that the, the factories that we use that were important in, 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 in the ones that uh, are the most important to us. Uh, the second thing is really making sure that our overseas freight that we're working with, I mean, obviously we work with a, with a brand like Maersk and making sure that we're as important to them as they are to us, you know, getting so that you're not in the spot market trying to negotiate containers, uh, keeping your costs down that way using different ports. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest ones is that, you know, can you get, can you reduce your reliance on the LA port and use smaller ports and use smaller, you know, freight coming in, getting your supply chain into those smaller ports. We've had you know, big advantages with that. You know, then just obviously moving up your ship dates, uh, ensuring that you're working with all of your national partners. And if you have the opportunity to negotiate room with Maersk and, and you have the opportunity to help them with, with their freight on those, on those same container ships, do that. So, um, and then when you get into kind of the, what you're doing with upstream downstream, if you're in your own supply chain, that's, that's going to be, you know, what, when you think about speed, and convenience for the customer. That's the new table stakes like, like free shipping was five years ago. 
And so, you know, making sure that we are testing everything that we need to, to be able to forward deploy inventory much closer to the customer versus our customer fulfillment centers. And so giving customers option with that and doing that all as a, as a you know, millions of SKUs that we carry as a, as a fashion retailer. And, and so there is a lot of art and science on that. And, and we're very focused on that. And then the last mile and, you know, making sure that you've got inventory that's ready to go for same day pickup, curbside pickup, that you're using third party freight in addition to your national carriers. So um, look, there isn't, a, there isn't a plank in our supply chain that we're not looking at that we're not, that's not under review and that we're not getting better at. Jeff, Macy's has also been a leader in diversity and inclusion through embedding transparent DNI initiatives and goals across the business. What should investors know about what you're doing here? Yeah, so you know, a couple of things. We definitely want to be a, a beacon for diversity and inclusion for our colleagues, for our customers, for communities. Uh, you know, we want to embed diversity and inclusion in, in how we think, act, and operate. And so we have five planks to our strategy. First one is really colleague. Um, and this is one that makes sure that your ethnicity, you know, your representation is across the entire funnel, all the way from your front line to your boardroom. And, um, and where we have a drop-off in the kind of, we call it the hourglass and that kind of mid-management where you have, where you have some uh, thinning there where people might leave, how, do you, how are you gonna solve that? So we do that through, you know, many programs. The Mosaic program is, is the one that is, is, we're getting some great traction with. The second bit would be customers and making sure they feel represented in our stores with our products and our services. So we've done that through icons of style. We were one of the first retailers to take the 15% pledge. Uh, the third bucket would be suppliers. And what are we doing to provide economic opportunity for minority and women-owned businesses? And so, Oliver, you know what we've been doing with Workshop. It's now in its 11th year, really focusing on a diverse supplier program, working with organizations like the NRF to be a repository as in, for contacts for all companies against companies that are minority and women-owned. Um, the, the fourth bucket would be community. And, you know, we take great pride in our culture for volunteerism and really using local and national grants to support community social, uh, you know, uh, groups. Um, and we're also doing that through CEO Action for Racial Equity, which we've taken a leadership position with. And then the last bucket is, where do you stand with marketing? <clears throat> and we're just committed to reflecting, you know, the full spectrum of our customers and our imagery and our messages and our experience. Uh, and, you know, those are, the, those are the tracks that we're taking. You know, we're, we're never going to be done with this subject, um, but it is a, it's part of the DNA of Macy's Inc. And it's, it's something we take great pride in. Jeff, another important topic with respect to ESG is this topic of sustainability. Uh, what do you think is on the roadmap for this in terms of how you think about it? What's important for the retail industry more broadly uh, as the industry focuses on many aspects of this as well? Yeah, so I think, you know, obviously we just posted in October our sustainability program on our website. And when you look at everything that we are doing uh, to reduce waste, be that carbon waste, what we're doing in our supply chain, what we're doing in our stores, what we're doing with energy, uh, what we're doing with our parking lots, all of those are opportunities that you'll continue to see us expand. But it also is a hallmark when you think about ESG expectations from investors or new colleagues. 
you know, we are, we're on point to make sure that we continue to get better at this. And when you look at sustainability, you know, sustainable brands, or you look at just best practices that we're learning from, you know, some of our competitors, uh, you know, this is a journey that uh, we are putting increased focus on. And it's a gigantic expectation from everybody. It's the right thing to do. And it's just going to get more important. Jeff, earlier you mentioned ecosystem. Uh, what do you mean by ecosystem? We, we host yeah, an yeah. ecosystem conference at Cowan. And related to that question, Jeff, is how will your marketplace be special? I mean, there are a lot of marketplaces out there, but it sounds like a, a really special opportunity for Macy's as well. Yeah, so we took our time on this one, Oliver. Um, I'll, I'll take it in two parts. The first one is the ecosystem, which from my perspective, ecosystem is really about how do you make sure that you're touch your your you're satisfying all your customer touch points. And for us, you know, having a national website, clearly we were able to do that. Um, having stores only in malls, when 60% of American shoppers who, who shop brick and mortar are shopping off mall was a big opportunity for us to say, okay, how do we scalably put you know, brick and mortar off mall in ways that are touching customers that don't find malls convenient as a place to shop? So that ecosystem where you are, and you make every one of those touch points omni-channel capable for returns, for pickup, for, you know, all, all, all forms of payment. <clears throat> and so that's something that we have uh, experimented with in three different markets and successfully. And so we're now ready to scale that into more markets in 2022. So that is a, you know, a, a, the, one of the biggest opportunities, you know, that we have. Jeff, our, our final question is, um, what do you think is most underappreciated about the Macy story and any key messages for investors as well? Yeah, I think the key messages are that um, we're just three, I would say, is that we're deeply committed to the customer journey um, across all the appropriate uh, omnichannel touch points. And, you know, we've got the cash flow to basically make all those investments. And so we're just, we're very committed to making sure that the customer in all of their fullness is, is uh, addressed in, in our strategy. The second is that uh, we have momentum for sustainable and profitable growth with an eye on market share gains in the future. And doing that through digital, first and foremost, marketplace, personalization being two of the big growth vectors. And the second would be for new and expanded categories, uh, brands and, and ideas like, like toys, new categories for us that are gonna bring in lots of new customers. And the third point was just would be how healthy our balance sheet is. I mean, we we really have focused on that. Obviously, making sure that the first order of business is having capital to invest in the business, but then making sure that your that the debt retirement is is handled. In our case, we've been doing that ahead of schedule. We've reintroduced the dividend with you know signaling that we'll have increases to that in the future, as well as we've also you know been doing stock buybacks when we believe you know, that, that our stock is, is at a price that it makes sense for us to buy it back. So, um, you know, we just have a, our financial health is in, we're in better shape uh, out of the pandemic than we were going into it. So those are the three things that I would, I would want the investors to know about Macy's right now and going into the future. Well, Jeff, it was great to hear about all the innovation happening and the customer centricity that you're driving, speed and logic, and also your commitment to diversity, inclusion, and equity as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Cowan Insights.